0: Our Old Testament passage today picks up in 2 Chronicles chapter 13, verse 1. In the 18th year of King Jeroboam, Abijah began to reign over Judah. All right, so now we have a new king in Judah. Now remember, we have Israel now with the ten tribes, and we have the two tribes, Judah and Benjamin. He reigned th- for three years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Micaiah, the daughter of Uriel of Gibeah. Now, there was war between Abijah and Jeroboam. So the 10 tribes warred against the two tribes. Abijah went to battle having an army of valiant men of war, 400,000 chosen men. And Jeroboam drew up his line of battle against him with 800,000 chosen mighty warriors. Well, he's got 10 tribes to work with. Then Abijah stood up on Mount Zemarium that is, in the hill country of Ephraim, and said, Hear me, O Jeroboam, and all Israel. Ought you not to know that the Lord God of Israel gave the kingship over Israel forever to David and his sons by a covenant of salt? Okay, so here, let's start making a list of the salt covenant. Now, that would be a covenant of loyalty. Yet Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, a servant of Solomon, the son of David, rose up and rebelled against his Lord. And certain worthless scoundrels gathered around him and defied Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, when Rehoboam was young and irresolute and could not withstand them. And now you think to withstand the kingdom of the Lord in the hand of the sons of David, Because you are a great multitude and have with you golden calves that Jeroboam made for you as God. All right, so they have new gods. And notice it's two calves, remember? Jeroboam did not just make one calf like Aaron did. He made two. Have you not driven out the priests of the Lord, the sons of Aaron, the Levites, and made priests for yourselves like the people of other lands? Whoever comes for ordination with a young bull or seven rams becomes a priest of what are not gods. Wow. So here we called self-called religious leaders. But as for us, the Lord is our God and we have not forsaken him. We have priests ministering to the Lord who are the sons of Aaron and Levites for their service. They offer to the Lord every morning and every evening burnt offerings and the incense of sweet spices, set out the showbread on the table of pure "'Gold, and care for the golden lampstand, that his lamps may be burning every evening. "'For we keep the charge of the Lord our God, but you have forsaken him. "'Behold, God is with us at our head, and his priests with their battle trumpets, "'to sound the call to battle against you. "'O sons of Israel, do not fight against the Lord, the God of your fathers, for you cannot succeed. "'Jeroboam had set up an ambush to come around upon them from behind.' Thus his troops were in front of Judah, and the ambush was behind them. And when Judah looked, and behold, the battle was in front of them and behind them, they cried out to the Lord, and the priests blew the trumpets. Then the men of Judah raised the battle shout, and when the men of Judah shouted, God defeated Jeroboam and all Israel before Abijah and Judah. Yes! Now here is a man who comes out against the enemy in the name of the Lord. The men of Israel fled before Judah, and God gave them into their hand. Abijah and his people struck them down with great force, so there fell slain of Israel 500,000. All right, so they lost 500,000 out of 800,000. Thus the men of Israel were subdued at that time, and the men of Judah prevailed because they relied upon the Lord. The god of their fathers this is the reason for victory now notice how when abijah came out he said hey we're here serving god you're here following golden calves now folks there's a difference when you start doing things in the name of the lord and abijah pursued jeroboam and took cities from him bethel with its villages jeshana with his villages and ephron with its villages Jeroboam did not recover his power in the days of Abijah, and the Lord struck him down and he died. But Abijah grew mighty, and he took 14 wives and had 22 sons and 16 daughters. The rest of the acts of Abijah, his ways and his sayings, are written in the story of the prophet Edu. Chapter 14, verse 1. Abijah slept with his fathers, and they buried him in the city of David. And Asa, his son, reigned in his place. And in his days, the land had rest for 10 years. And Asa did what was good and right in the eyes of the Lord, his God. So here we have a good king. Yay. And he took away the foreign altars and the high places and broke down the pillars and cut down the Asherim. And he commanded Judah to seek the Lord, the God of their fathers, and to keep the law and the commandment. He also took out of all the cities of Judah the high places and the incense altars. And the kingdom had rest under him. All right, so rest flows when lives are dedicated to God. He cleaned out the sin. And he said to Judah, Let us build these cities and surround them with walls and towers and gates and bars. The land is still ours because we have sought the Lord our God. We have sought him and he has given us peace on every side. So they built and they prospered. This is a cause of prosperity and success. They built and prospered. Why? Because they sought God. Now, now beloved, please get a hold of this. You're not going to have success and you're not going to have peace without seeking God. The people of Israel figured this out. Christians need to figure this out today, too. You get up every morning and you read your Bible and you pray and you worship God. You get in God's house every week and you seek God and you pray and you worship. And Asa had an army of 300,000 men from Judah armed with large shields and spears and 280,000 men from Benjamin that carried shields and drew bows. These were all mighty men of valor. Zerah, the Ethiopian, came out against them with an army of a million men, 300 chariots, and came as far as Marashah. And Asa went out to meet him, and they drew up their lines in battle, in the valley of Zephathah at Marashah. And Asa cried out to the Lord his God, O Lord, there is none like you, between mighty and weak help us o lord our god for we rely for we rely on you and in your name we have come against this multitude o lord you are our god let not man prevail against you so the lord defeated the ethiopians before asa and before judah and the ethiopians fled asa and the people who were with him pursued them as far as Gerar. and the ethiopians fell until none remained alive for they were broken before the lord and his army and the men of Judah carried away much spoil, so none remained alive. One million died. And they attacked all the cities around Gerar, for the fear of the Lord was upon them. And they plundered the cities, for there was much plunder in them. And they struck down the tents of those who had livestock and carried away sheep in abundance and camels. Then they returned to Jerusalem. Chapter 15, verse 1. The Spirit of the Lord came upon Azariah, the son of Oded, And he went out to meet Asa and said, Hear me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you while you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. This is This is one of those wild verses in the Bible. The Lord is with you when you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. If you forsake him, he will forsake you. Beloved, <laughs> if there's ever a verse to get a hold of as a Christian, it's this verse. God is with you when you are with him. God doesn't follow you around. You follow God around. God does not follow you. You follow God. God is with you when you are with him. Please, every morning read your Bible. Every evening read your Bible and pray. Every day let your heart seek God. Please. For a long while Israel was without the true God and without a teaching priest and without the law. But when in their distress they turned to the Lord, the God of Israel, and sought him, he was found by them. In those days, there was no peace to him who went out or to him who came in. For great disturbances afflicted all the inhabitants of the land. They were broken in pieces. Nation was crushed by nation and city by city. For God troubled them with every sort of distress. But you take courage. Do not let your hands be weak. For your work shall be rewarded. I like that. Now notice, this is Israel. Not Judah. As soon as Asa heard these words, the prophecy of Azariah, the son of Odin, he took courage and put away all detestable idols from the land of Judah and Benjamin and from the cities he had taken in the hill country of Ephraim. And he repaired the altar of the Lord that was in front of the vestibule of the house of the Lord. Wow. He repaired the altar and he put away, and notice, remove idols from new property. This is important. I've talked to businessmen. They buy a new piece of property. They buy a building. And they don't walk through it and remove the idols. They, they leave the offices there and they leave the idols that are being worshiped there. And they wonder why God doesn't bless. Asa was different. When he captured a city, when he got new properties and assets, he removed the idols. But I love the fact that he repaired the altar of the Lord. He cared about God's house. Wow. He cared about God's house. Some of you businessmen, some of you regular members, Some of you professionals, what are you doing to repair the altar of God? Hmm, Think about it. And he gathered all Judah and Benjamin, and those from Ephraim, Manasseh, and Simeon, who were residing with them. For a great number had deserted to him from Israel when they saw that the Lord his God was with him. All right, so transfer because of presence. They transferred to them out of the other tribes because of the presence of God that was with them. God attracts people. They were gathered at Jerusalem in the third month of the 15th month of the reign of Asa. They sacrificed to the Lord on that day from the spoil that they had brought 700 oxen and 7,000 sheep. And they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord, the God of their fathers, with all their heart and with all their soul. But whoever would not seek the Lord, the God of Israel, should be put to death, whether young or old, man or woman. They swore an oath to the Lord with a loud voice and with shouting in trumpets and horns. And all Judah rejoiced over the oath, for they had sworn with all their heart and had sought him with their whole desire. And he was found by them. And the Lord gave them rest all around. Wow. He was found by them. You seek God with all your heart, and you find him. And the Lord gave them rest all around. Even Maaka, his mother, King Asa, removed from being queen mother because she had made a detestable image for an asherah Asa cut down her image, crushed it, and burned it in the brook Kidron. Now, he removed. So Asa put God before friends, and family. Wow. He put the principles of God. He was a man that when you changed, he changed friends. But the high places were not taken out of Israel. Nevertheless, the heart of Asa was wholly true all his days. This was a good king. And he brought into the house of God the sacred gifts of his father and his own sacred gifts of silver and gold and vessels. And there was no more war until the thirty-fifth year of the reign of Asa. Peace. The fruit of seeking. Beautiful, beautiful truth. All right. Let's open up our hearts and spend some more time in worship.
1: Your love is like a river Rushing over me Rushing over me So strong Like a mountain Standing over me Standing over me, so fear won't get the best of me. I have hope eternally, it's alright, it's gonna be alright. Your promises are here to stay, greater things are on the way. It's alright, cause I know your love is amazing, never ending, unrelenting. I know your love. Nothing missing. I know
0: your love
1: is amazing. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Your love is like a fire burning in my soul. Burning in my soul, so bright. It breaks the darkness. I know you're in control. You're always in control. So fear won't get the best of me. I have hope eternally. It's all right. It's going to be all right. Your promises are here to stay. Greater things are on the way. It's all right. Because I know your love is amazing. Never ending, unrelenting. I know your love Amazing, no conditions, nothing missing. I know you're. It's true, nobody loves me like you, loves me like you do. Just you, nobody loves me like you, loves me like you. Oh, it's true, nobody loves me like you, loves me. Nobody loves me like you, loves me like you.
0: Our New Testament passage today picks up in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, with one of the most quoted verses in Christendom, and rightly so. So let's start with verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. So here's one of these beautiful in Christ truths. Now, let me encourage you to have a little notebook and keep track of all the times it talks about what happens because we are in christ remember the the balloon and you know i can't draw the balloon with the the teddy bear inside well the balloon is jesus the teddy bear is us we are in christ now when you're in christ for those who are in christ there is now no condemnation before there was condemnation but now there is no condemnation. You will find no condemnation coming from the Father. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and of death. So here's another in Christ truth. And I don't dare get to talking about this too much or I'll preach. The law of the spirit of life. Now that's a great law. The law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ from the law of sin and death. All right, so we have a different law. This law triumphs over this law. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do, Now notice God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do. So the law was perfect, but it is weakened. By man's flesh. So the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. So God did something the law could not do. So all right, again, God is stronger than the law. For God has done what the law, and see, for the Jews, this is incredible revelation because they put their whole hope of salvation in the law. God has done what the law could not do by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin. He condemned sin in the flesh. All right. Jesus was sent in the likeness of sinful flesh. Jesus, number two, was sent for sin. He condemned sin in the flesh. In order, or so that, the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh but according to the spirit. All right. So God's law fulfilled. All the righteous requirements of the law are fulfilled in us by what Jesus did for us. Let me say that again. All the requirements of the law are fulfilled in us by what Jesus did for us. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. To set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. All right. So what is the focus of your mind? If you focus your mind on pornography, and please, you know, let's just be open and honest with each other, all right? You know, in the middle of this lockdown for over five months now, many of you have Uh, gone and looked at things online that you shouldn't have gone and looked on. And the problem is, once you look at that stuff, there's a memory. And once there's a memory, Satan can use that memory against you and you begin to think about it and you begin to meditate on it. Now brothers and sisters, please, you don't set your mind on the flesh. You set your mind on the spirit. That's life and peace. That brings life and that brings peace. You set your mind on this stuff of of the flesh and it only brings death. You can't set your mind on, oh, I wish I had a drink. Please, guys, come on. We're all big boys. I understand before I was saved. I know that, boy, a beer would taste good right about now. You set your mind on that thing. Oh man, I'd really like a cigarette right about now. Man, I'd like a smoke. Please, I didn't grow up Christian, I understand. You set your mind on those things, and it's death. You set your mind on the Spirit, and it's life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's laws. Indeed, it cannot. For those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Now, you're going to have to get a control of your mind. This is why Paul said we take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. You, You get your mind set on the flesh hostility toward God is the fruit of that. You, however, are not in the flesh but in the Spirit if, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Him. Now this is not the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. So this does not equal the baptism of the Holy Spirit but it does equal Salvation, because at salvation, the Holy Spirit comes in us, okay? The Holy Spirit comes in us at salvation. And when the Holy Spirit comes in you, you belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit of life because of righteousness, all right? Christ is in you. The body is, is dead because of sin. There's, there's death in your body. You will decay and die. But the Spirit is life. If the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, there's the Holy Spirit, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit. So the agency of healing. The agency of healing equals the Holy Spirit who dwells in you. Life dwells within you. Now, some of you that are sick in your body this morning, you just need to sit down and take a look at that and go, no, wait a minute. The Holy Spirit, life is within me. And that same Holy Spirit that brought salvation to me, that same Holy Spirit that that raised Jesus from the dead, that same Holy Spirit will give life to this mortal body. The Holy Spirit is a tremendous agency of healing. Life is within you. Reach out and receive your healing this morning. So then, dear brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. Remember, death means separation. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live, have a walk with God. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Notice. Not sons and daughters, only sons. Now, you you just need to keep getting a hold of this. God has no daughters. He only has sons. Now, this is a spiritual thing, all right? We're not saying that we are all unisex. I'm not saying that at all. What I am saying is that every one of us is a son of God. We are a joint heir with Jesus. We are equal We are equal heirs. God doesn't have a second-class heir. Remember, for the most part, ladies, daughters, did not receive heirship except under special conditions. But in Christ, he said, listen, we're all heirs. It's a lot of teaching there. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Notice, fall back. When when you get a hold of slavery, when you get a hold of becoming, when you yield yourself to sin again and become a slave to it, you fall back into fear. Fear begins to control you. But you have received the spirit of adoption, one of the names of the Holy Spirit. One of the names of the Holy Spirit is the spirit of adoption. As sons, we've already talked about that, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. All right, so how do we know I saved? How to know you're saved. The Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit. Now remember, you and I are body, soul, and spirit. In fact, in actuality, we are a spirit and we have a body and a soul. The spirit part of a man is where God speaks. This is where God speaks. The spirit speaks to our spirit that we are the children of God. If children, then heirs, heirs of God, fellow heirs with Christ, provided, here's a condition, we suffer with him in order that we may be glorified with him. In other words, We understand that in this world, we're going to face persecution. This suffering here does not equal sickness, poverty, failure, ETC. It does equal persecution. All right. One last thing we always do on morning devotions is spend a little bit of time in Proverbs for just a little bit of wisdom. I want you to see... Solomon had seen some things. Now, not only did Solomon learn some beautiful things from his father, King David, and from his mother Bathsheba, but Solomon had seen some things. Now listen to what he says. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. New Living Translation, guard your heart above all else, For it determines the course of your life. All right. Everything flows from it. Your destiny. Your desires. Everything flows from it. So he said, listen, you need to guard your heart. You know, be careful what you let into your heart. Be careful what you Listen to. Be careful what you see. You know, remember the little song, Be careful little lies what you see. Okay, the little kids church song. You got to be careful what you listen to and what you look at. That's how things get into your heart. So, you know, there are TV shows you just don't need to see. There are, uh, are songs and things you don't need to listen to. There are jokes and there are words and there are stories that you just don't need to listen to. You don't need that in your heart. And then he says, put away from you. Put away. Number one, crooked speech. And put devious talk far from you. He said, now listen, crooked speech. Okay? Crooked speech. Put it far from you. S- speech that is not straight. You know, you, 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 you move things around a little bit. Put away from you crooked speech. You're not telling the whole story. Put devious talk far from you. Now, a devious talk, that's like two-hearted talk, okay? Put devious talk far from you. Now, straight up, Facebook. There's a lot of things on Facebook you shouldn't be paying attention to and a lot of people on Facebook that you should block because it's crooked speech it's devious talk. Well, I just wanted to see what they were saying. Yeah, but he he didn't say, go see what they're saying. He said, put it far away from you. Put it far from you. Don't have this stuff around you. You don't want this kind of talk around you. Let your eyes look directly before you, directly forward, and let your gaze be straight before you. Okay. Now, Not looking around. Don't don't be looking around. Straight before you. Ponder. Think about the path of your feet. Think about the direction you're going. Think about where you are going. All right. If I make this decision, where will it take me? If I choose to read this, what will it do in my heart? If I choose to go to this place, how will that affect the future of my life? Think about the path of your feet. Think about what you're doing and where it's taking you. Then all your ways will be sure. In other words, the thing that makes your life secure. Safe, a safe life, is a thoughtful life. A safe life. Stay on the safe path. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on a safe path. Now, a safe life is a thoughtful life. You're thinking about your actions. You're thinking about what you're reading. You're thinking about what you're doing. You're thinking about what you're listening to. And always asking yourself the question, where is this taking place? My life. For remember, <laughs> out of it flow the springs of life or the well springs of life. Now let, let me just challenge all of you. There's a thousand little things that we do every day. Are you living thoughtfully? I know everybody wants to talk about the purpose-filled life, the purposeful life. Well, forgive me, I would not say a, I want to live a purposeful life. I would say I want to live a thoughtful life. I want to think about my actions. I want to think about the direction my decisions are taking me. Learn to live a thought-filled life. You're always thinking about where is this taking me? See, in one sense, life is like a chess game. Now, I haven't played chess in years and years, but I used to love chess when I was young. I started with my grandpa with checkers and then we went to chess. And I've always loved chess because Chess makes you think 10 moves ahead. Chess makes you think, all right, if he does this, I'm gonna do this, if he does this. I'm... Chess makes you constantly be thinking about the options and strategies and, and thinking 10 steps ahead. That is life. You cannot live life like a, like a checkers game. You have to live life like a chess game. You have to live life always thinking 10 steps ahead. If I do this, what are the consequences? Am I willing to go through those consequences to achieve that goal? If I do this, how will that affect the goals that God has laid out of my life? Live a thoughtful life. Do not swerve to the right or to the left and turn your foot from evil. Not get close. Now, my grandfather taught me this lesson. Now, again, we lived in the barrio and there was lots of cows around. He said, "Davy, have you ever noticed that you can have a cow and you guys know I cannot draw. So this is a cow. All right. Have you always noticed that the grass, say, Pastor, you draw like a two year old. Probably. My mama got all the artistic genes. OK, the grass is greener. And so you'll you'll see a a cow come right up to the edge and stick their way through. Now, they they stay on this side because of the barbed wire, but they get as close as they can over here to crossing the line. My grandpa said, Davey, don't be like that. Don't see how close you can get to the line and not cross over. See how far you can stay away from the line. And you know what? That has led my life in good stead. See how far. How close can I get to drinking but not get drunk? I just stay completely away from it. How close can I get to this and not fall in? I don't try to see how close I can get. I like to live a safe life. I stay as far away. Avoid the very appearance of evil, as the scripture says. Turn your foot away from evil not not toward it and see how close, but turn your foot away from me. <laughs> All right. Great wisdom as we close out today.
1: We'll see you tonight, seven o'clock. See you then.